Are we ready to go to Jesus on behalf of those that we lead? Are we willing to serve others and go to Jesus on their behalf? It shows them the character of Christ. When we serve those in our company, when we serve people as treasures rather than use them as tools, it bypasses their skepticism and it affects their hearts. So we're continuing in a three-part series with Mike Blackaby on this episode of the Pathway to Purpose podcast. Mike is the son of Richard Blackaby and the grandson of Henry. FCCI is honored to partner with Blackaby Ministries and the members of the Blackaby family. In fact, at the time of this podcast release, we're looking forward to an Arizona Christian Business Connection event in Phoenix on November 14th that will feature Richard Blackaby. You can learn more about FCCI events and register to attend on our website at FCCI.org. Another upcoming event that we'd love for all of our listeners to attend is our November webinar, which is going to feature Chad Slada, who will be presenting on the topic of how to address conflict successfully. We thought this might be a great webinar topic just before all those family holiday gatherings. But seriously, Chad is a proven voice for training business leaders and teams on this subject, and you'll gain tremendous insight from his presentation on November 14th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Again, you can register at FC. CCI.org. Well, on our previous podcast episode, Mike Blackaby spoke about the pressure cooker of family when it comes to leadership development. If you missed it, please go back and catch his message and be encouraged in your leadership role within your family. On this episode, Mike will share with us about leading your company well for God's glory. Some of you may be watching this on YouTube, but if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, just be aware that you can also watch on our YouTube channel if you navigate over to the FCCI official channel and then click on the podcast option in the navigation menu. You'll be able to see some of the visuals that Mike presents during this devotional, which he delivered during the FCCI International Conference at Dove Mountain. Here's Mike. I remember uh, when I was... When I was in school, was in college, and I was, uh, during the summer, I would work part-time uh, as uh, a townie, they called us. I worked for our town, uh, cutting grass, uh, going around to the, to the sports fields and stuff, and I drove this little John Deere mower. Now, because I had to start the summer job a few days later than the other people on my crew, I got uh, the oldest John Deere tractor that was available. The two other guys got these great new, you know, they're whipping around in these things, and I got what was affectionately dubbed Old Yeller, uh, because there was a big yellow deck on the front, and, uh, and the thing was so old that when we would have to drive to the places where we would do our mowing, like, I couldn't, we'd have to drive on the sides of the road, and I couldn't keep up with the rest of my crew, and they would take off, and I'd be puttering along, and old yeller, like, wait for me, <laughs> coming along, and it was so hot that we would, that we took the, the doors off of the, of these mowers, and so to let in some breeze, and so I'd, I'd be driving, and there'd be these big, massive trucks that would just go by, right, you know, right next to you, I felt like you could reach out and, and touch them, and, uh, you know, by the time I got to whatever ball field we were going to mow, it was, like, mostly done, and I'd show up, like, all right, guys, let's go, and they're like, oh, we're on to the next one, and wait for me. And so I puttered around on old yeller for the summer. And this was my first time at that job. 
And so I was kind of getting the, getting the feel for it. Like, what, what is this all about? And I remember one day they said, all right, today you guys are going to go and you're going to mow the graveyard. Now, there's something you need to know about the graveyard. <laughs> That's never a good, good way to start. But they were like, there's, uh, there's some fre- a fresh grave over on one side that was, that was you know, uh, they planted some grass there recently. And it's grown up really fast. And so it's going to look like it needs to be mowed. But don't go over there yet because the ground hasn't had a chance to, to settle and it'll make a big mess if you try to mow that. So just so it's kind of an eyesore, but leave that for now. Uh, be purposeful to not mow that section. So we're like, all right, we got it. And we go up there. And of course, by the time I get up there, it's like the other side of our town, like most of the job is done. And so I start puttering around doing my thing. And I look over there and I realize like, wow, like it really does look bad. I mean, the, the grass is way taller than all, all the rest. And I, uh, as I keep passing by, I keep looking a little closer. I'm just like, yeah, like, man, this, this stuff's like higher than everything else. And, and uh, like, it actually looks kind of sturdy over there, though. Like, I don't know what the big deal is. And I keep thinking, like, man, someone's going to come up here to pay respects to, to their loved one. And, and it's going to look like we've just been neglecting it, like we don't care. And, uh, and I was like, I wonder if I could just, you know, trim off a little bit on the side. You know, like, just around the ears, you know, just kind of trim off a bit. And so, and so I go, go by just around the edge, and, and sure enough, it's, it's fine. I'm like, that's starting to look a little bit better. And so I go back, do another pass, and go a little bit back around. I'm like, this is fine. I don't know what our supervisors are, are so upset about, uh, so worried about. And I'm like, I'm going to make this look so good that this is going to be like my, paying my respects to whoever this is. And so, and so I just kind of go for it. I go straight through, and, uh, and I get to about the middle of, of the grave, and my tractor stops. And I'm like, uh-oh. Uh, press a little bit on the gas, and, and, uh, and it's not going anywhere. Press a little bit more, and I realize my, my tires are starting to spin. And uh, I'm like, oh no, like, what am I going to do? And, and so I'm trying to sort of rock back and forth and, and uh, it's not working. And the more that I press the gas, the more it's tearing up the ground. And I'm just like, finally, I start panicking. I'm like, I got to get out of here. And so I just step on it and it starts spinning and there's dirt and mud and grass flying out of the back of this thing. And of course the doors are off on the side. And so it all starts spraying in on me. And I'm like in this panic and, the, and as I step on the gas, I'm just like sinking more and more down into this thing. And I'm just like, like, oh, it's taking me. (laughs) And I think, well, maybe if I just keep going far enough, I'll like hit casket and get some traction and sort of shoot my way out. And, And I get down to where I'm sort of at ground level and I'm like, okay, I'm not getting out of this mess. And the other two guys, they, they circle back around and they both stop and see me and they do the, the Muppets thing where, you know, your face just, <laughs> the Kermit, they did the Kermit, just Oh, mouth falls open, looks at me, and I was like, I think I'm going to need some help. So they radio the boss. Like, oh no, it's like my first week on the job. They radio the boss, I'm already going to be in trouble. And so, so I, they're like, all right, we'll come help. And I look, and around the corner, a few minutes later, this big like front end loader uh, comes around the corner, comes up. They had to wrap my whole mower in chains, chain it up to this front end lower, and then he lifted me <laughs> up out of this grave, set me down. Uh, my uh, co-workers came and cleaned it off, and we tried to clean up the, the you know, grave site as best we could. And they were like, uh, don't ever do that again. <laughs> And they actually, they didn't fire me, and they hired me for two more seasons after that. So, but you know, I had trespassed 
by going and doing what was explicitly forbidden by my boss. And after I got myself stuck, the supervisor himself came to pull me out of that grave, set me on the ground, and give me another chance. Does it remind you of anything? Pulling me out of that grave, setting me down, and, and saying, you're forgiven, let me clean you up, now go and do what I've told you to do, and don't go back uh, to your grave. He was actually, ironically and unintentionally, since he was a hardened atheist, role-playing the gospel for me. And I've never forgotten that. And this is what, uh, this is what Ephesians says. It says, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, dirty, sunk down in the grave with no way to get out on our own, made us alive together with Christ, lifted us up, set us down, got a plan for your life. By grace, you have been saved. We sang about this this morning because this is our story. And if this is our story, how then shall we live? Let me ask for us specifically, how then shall we lead? How does this story that we're a part of affect the way we lead our companies, affect the way we do everything? Because if that's true, if what we sang this morning is true, if what God says in his word is true, then that radically changes our approach to everything. Like nothing is the same. <laughs> like I don't approach anything the same. I don't get up in the morning the same. I don't face Mondays the same. <laughs> you know, like nothing is the same because of that. How then shall we live? And so we're going to talk this morning a little bit about leading your company. And the question we're going to ask is tools or treasures? And we'll get to that in just a moment. But let me read for us uh, again. Our, uh, this is our, our passage, our theme passage for the, for the week. And let's just read that again together. It says, A dispute also arose among them as to which of them was to be regarded as the greatest. Of course, after you read a verse like Ephesians and you see all that God has done to you, the furthest thing from our minds should be arguing about which one of us is the greatest. Like, which one of us pulled ourselves out of that grave the best? Well, none of us, right? Who's the greatest in the room? Not, not any of us, Right? It says, and he said to them, the kings and the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. He's saying, you guys are acting like the world. You guys are operating under a worldly framework. He says, and those in authority over them are called benefactors. But not so with you. Rather, let the greatest among you become as the youngest and the leader as one who serves. For who is greater, one who reclines at table or one who serves? Is it not the one who reclines at table? But I am among you as the one who serves. We have an opportunity to display the gospel to people as leaders. The disciples, they're following Jesus as their leader. They're conforming their lives to his teachings, but also to his example. And so what was his example? I am among you as one who serves, he says. So on a macro level, this would be through his saving death. On a micro level... It would be by washing their feet, right, at the Lord's Supper, the, the Last Supper, getting down and washing their feet before his death. Yesterday, we talked about the idea of humility. What do we humble ourselves for, right? We, we humble ourselves, but, but what for? What, why do we humble ourselves? Well, because it puts us in a position to serve others. Actually, we serve God 
by serving others. And so I ask us this morning, do we see people as tools or as treasures? Tools are what we use to accomplish some other goal. Treasures are things that we cherish for their own value. And so do we value the people that we lead? And maybe a better question is, do the people that we lead feel valued by us? See, our culture has an increasing mistrust of those who are in positions of leadership, power, and authority. Stories of abuse have made people wary of those in positions of influence. And so leading your company as a servant leader subverts those expectations, just like Jesus so often did. Recently, uh, this, I think this was just last week, uh, our church was part of a night market uh, that our community does. They were a monthly night market. Um, and right off the bat, when we moved to our community, I reached out to all the community leaders who, who did community events, and I said, like, what, how can we give? How can we serve at your event? What is it that nobody else wants to do? And we'll do that, <laughs> right? And that's kind of how we started. And over the last five years, we've been at all these community events to the point now where they, the, our, our town, our community comes to us and says, would your church be involved in this? Would your church be involved in that? And if you go to our, our, the website of our, of our uh, municipality, they list, I think, I think it's about eight top community events that they do on, their, on the tourism part of their site. And we're a part of five of the eight of those things. And the only three that we're not is uh, there's an old car show, and then there's two marathons. And so uh, those are the three we're not a part of. They've come to us and asked, would you be a part? And, and so as we've served our community, they've seen value in what we give. And so this night market is one of the, the more recent ones. This is our first year doing it. And so all through the summer, four months, uh, monthly, we would go. They'd shut down Main Street with all these vendors. And then they let it, said, you can have the front lawn of Municipal Hall and, uh, and you can do whatever you want. Just provide something for families. And so, uh, so we provided all these games and popcorn and cotton candy and a photo booth and all this stuff. Uh, just to, It was all free, uh, all for our community. And, and uh, this past Wednesday, we, we did that. It was the last one of the season. And it's fascinating, this conversation I overheard, because this, uh, this woman comes up and she comes to our info table first. And she sees like, stuff about our church. And she's like, what's going on? Oh, this is a church. She's like, I don't, I don't have anything to do with church. And she launches into this story about how, as a child, her father was a faithful member of a church, but then he got sick and couldn't be at the, the church services anymore. Uh, but rather than caring for him, said leaders from the church would show up at their house and, and demand to get his tithe, to get his money, uh, even though he, he couldn't leave the house from his sickness. And she says, I've had nothing to do with the church ever since. And so she's sort of, you know, like, bah humbug, and uh, moved on. And, and, uh, and this, is what, this is what she moved on to. Right next, you can see our info table right there. So she didn't know that this was all connected. And so she moves on to this next thing. She's like, cotton candy, this is awesome. Can I have a cotton candy? How much does this cost? We're like, uh, it's, it's nothing, it's free. She's like, wow, you're, you're giving it. She realizes nothing's like ultimately free. She's like, so who's sponsoring this? Who's, who, who's the one who is paying for this? We were like, a church. <laughs> And she was able to be served by, by my wife and I, the pastor and the pastor's wife of this church. And it was funny to just watch the cognitive dissonance going on. Like, my experience with church has been that the leadership only wants something from me and doesn't want to give. But my experience right now is that the leaders of this church 
are giving to me with nothing, asking nothing in return. And we have tried to teach our church, guys, uh, these community events, when we give a gift to our community, it's not a means to another end. Loving our neighbors is the end, right? Now, God and his Holy Spirit may, may hopefully cultivate those seeds and bring forth more from that, but, but it's not a bait and switch. We're not serving our community to get something in return so that they show up at our church the next Sunday. We're, we're serving our community because they have value in God's eyes and because after we've been given such a great gift from our Savior, how could we not live in such a way as to be generous to others? So there's a fascinating uh, story. I'm just going to summarize it for you for the sake of time. But in Matthew chapter 8, a centurion comes to Jesus. He's a leader, uh, a very important leader. Uh, it's, it's not likely that a centurion in that day actually led 100 soldiers. It might have been more like 80 or so. But, but he's a leader uh, of people who literally would trust him with their lives. Um, and so the centurion is a man uh, who, who knows how to lead. And he comes to Jesus on behalf of his servant, it's fascinating that a centurion in their first 20 years of service couldn't have a family, uh, couldn't get married, couldn't have a family. So many of them would have concubines or secret families, uh, and even their servants would become almost like children to them. And he shows up to Jesus because his servant is sick. He's paralyzed. And, uh, and that meant that if the servant survived, his life was going to be a very hard life. I mean... Healthcare wasn't great in the first century. Um, charity wasn't great in the first century. Christians, of course, helped to launch a lot of these things. But, uh, but at that time, he was looking at a, a tough thing. And so he comes to Jesus and says, would you come and, and heal my servant? Jesus says, I'll heal him. And then Centurion says, no, I, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. What's he doing? Well, we talked about yesterday. He's, he's displaying humility. Of course, he also knows as a Gentile that the, the religious Jewish population would have seen him as unclean, and Jesus, therefore, would not have been able to, to come under his roof. Interesting that Jesus offers to do so anyways, right? Um, he says, let, let me come and heal. And he says, if you just say the word, then he will be healed. And Jesus is amazed at his faith. Why? Well, because in our main passage for this week, Jesus uses the Gentile leaders of their day as a negative example and then here's a Gentile leader coming in humility saying, would you heal my servant? And Jesus does. And I would ask us, are we ready to go to Jesus on behalf of those uh, that we lead? Are we willing to serve others and go to Jesus on their behalf? It shows them the character of Christ. When we serve those in our company, when we serve people as treasures rather than use them as tools, it bypasses their skepticism and it affects their hearts. The Roman gods of that Gentile world cared nothing for others. They didn't care about the population. Jesus shows them a radically different version of who God is. Uh, and when we serve as Jesus served, we show people who God is. We show people the character of God, and it subverts their expectations. There's a, I have a crotchety old neighbor who lives across the street from me. His name's John, and it's kind of this, there was this group of three kind of misfits that lived in this house, and they're sort of of oddballs, Um, and I I remember uh, the first time I met them, we actually didn't live in our house that was across the street yet from them. So they weren't our neighbors yet, but one of the elders of our church uh, lived across the street from them. 
And I remember he called me one day, he said, these, these new people just moved into a house across the street, and whoever moved them in just dumped all their stuff in the back, backyard and left it there. And, uh, and all three of these guys, they, they're a little bit older, they've got physical, uh, don't have the physical capability to move all this, all this junk into their house, and would you come and help? And so, so I did. I show up, and, uh, and he introduces me. This is my pastor, and there we are, you know, moving stuff. Of course, I had, had hernia surgery a few weeks earlier, so I was, like, trying to take it easy. But, uh, but his, first, his first meeting with me was I came and, and served him. Well, uh, I'll tell you more of the story of how we moved across the street from him tomorrow, but they, he ends up becoming our neighbor. And we end up starting this little group, me and him and, our, and our, this elder from my church. And we go to, for coffee every so often at this coffee shop. And we just, we kind of become friends. We become this group. And then one day, John texts me and he says, Vivian, the, the older lady in the house who, who basically signed the lease and kind of ran that place, says she's dying. She's in the hospital right now. And they, of course, she smoked like five packs of cigarettes a day. And it wasn't a surprise, but she said she's, she doesn't have long. Would you and Gareth, the other, the other elders, would, would you guys come and, and be with me? And the significance of that, because earlier he had said, he said, you know, like, I haven't been to church in 25 years, and I'm not about to start now. But when crisis hit... He reached out to the pastor that he knew, to the, to the spiritual leader that he knew. And we went and we sat with him, and she passed just a few hours later. And so my question for us is, do people know that we value them? Do we see people as tools or treasures? Because when we serve people, we show them the character of Christ. We do pray that you are encouraged in your journey as a business leader. And if we can serve you in any way, please don't hesitate to reach out to us here at FCCI. We support your calling to transform the world through Christ. And would you let others know about this Pathway to Purpose podcast? Thanks for listening, and may God empower your journey as you lead a company for Christ.